The views and opinions expressed by the following program are those of the host, guest, and callers, and are not necessarily those of this station or the Webster Rockville Ministries, its management, or other host or underwriting sponsors. Programs presented on KWRHLP are for educational and entertainment purposes only. Hey, we're having a good time here. This is In Tune, listeners out there in Western Land. This is Arnold Stricker with Mark Langston. Howdy. And we are excited about our next guest, Jack Bauman from Guidester. Jack, welcome to In Tune. Thanks for having me. I don't know where I I think I saw you on Facebook and and I was like, what what is this? You know, you know, and so I investigated it and now I'm on your like list where I get things. And I got an email from you the other day that was about some planning, and I'm not gonna give it away here. And I was like, we need to talk to him because this is just the coolest thing. Awesome. And so I uh, hooked you in then. I did something right. Yeah. Marketing's yeah. working. Yeah. So <laughs> so tell us a little bit about Jack Bauman. Wow. Okay. So thumbnail sketch, I guess. What did you say? We had two hours? Oh. Hey, we have as long as you need. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So well, the most relevant thing is I lived in Europe for two years. I have a master's in archaeology. I have a passion for really unlocking the wonders of Europe. I mean, that's really that's really the heart and soul of why I do what I do. Um, I, I do travel other places. I was just in St. Lucia recently, so I love to travel. But something about Europe, um, it's the birthplace of Western civilization. And right. more than any other place in the world, it has layers and layers of not just history, but, you know, things to see and do and people living on top of people, as with other places. But you add into that the fact that it's pretty easy to get around. Mm-hmm. Um, it has all this culture jam-packed in a place. You could spend a lifetime there and, and just have these experiences like uh, sipping wine on the Appian Way in an Italian Roman home, right? Mm-hmm. Or, um, you know, skydiving in Switzerland over the Swiss Alps. I, you know, so I, that's really the core of, of what I am and, and what I'm doing. It's, um, so I lived in Wales for two years getting my master's. And that's when I kind of traveled all over Europe. And I was, I was an independent traveler, right? So I was doing it my own. I was staying in a lot of Airbnbs. At that time, couch surfing was big. So I was doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, and couch I was, surfing. Never yeah. heard of that? I've never no. heard of that. Oh, my gosh. It's new to me, too. Oh, gosh. Oh, well, it's guess, it, it, it kind of trended and it's gone away. But it's still out there. Um, so you stay at other people's places for free. You couch surf. Okay. Stay on their couch. Stay on their couch. Okay. But I actually had a room. I stayed at, uh, and that's how I met... Um, uh, my friend now in uh, Rome, Paola, she was introduced uh, through this couch surfing. He said, you can only stay two days, but hey, I have this friend that lives on the Appian Way, which if you've been to Rome, you know, that's one of the, the oh, parts yeah. of, of Rome. Yeah. And she lives in a 300-year-old Italian villa like oh, wow. that was passed down in her family. Her uncle's next door, you know, is a big, big estate oh, wow. centuries ago. <laughs> so it's like, okay, sure, Paola. I mean, I'd be happy to Why accommodate yeah. that uh, request. And she actually has an Airbnb now. She turned that room that I stayed into an Airbnb. Um, so anyway, I was doing this in Europe and just having the time of my life, right? And I was blogging. I was um, doing, uh, what was it, a blog at the time? Uh, it was like a WordPress thing, but, you know, it was kind of like a hub spot. So you'd blog and you'd share, and that gained some traction. And I had some friends and family say, hey, you should plan my trip to England or Italy or Spain. And I said, sure, I'll do that. And then I just started a business in 2014. And the rest is history. The rest is history. And and now you are this international kind of electronic guide for people who want to travel and, or take a vacation or just go somewhere. Yeah, so we, we do the whole world. So I've been in business five years, and a, a big challenge has been figuring out the market, who needs us the most, and really where our niche is. The irony of this is I started in Europe loving that, but I wanted to give the tool that I created for everybody – 
but 80% of what we do is Europe anyway. Wow. So we're, we're actually in the midst of rebranding to be Europe exclusive. So Guidester will be the number one personal trip planner to Europe. You heard it, folks, here first on Intune. <laughs> there it is. You heard That's it. it. Yep. That's it. Yep. So hopefully that'll launch in a couple of weeks. And um, we're, we're, we're doing a lot with, with that. And we're actually going through a platform upgrade, too. But the idea, here's the big idea. You fill out a form. You, you let the Guidester know what you're interested in. You get a great guide, gives you all the detail that you need. But now you have the technology that prompts an experience that you otherwise wouldn't have. Okay. You're at Piazza Navona. And you've let Geister know that you like bars and rooftop uh, bars. And it says, hey, you're 20 meters from Hotel Raphael. Would you like an aperitivo for sunset overlooking the domes of Rome? Yes. Right? Yes. And yes. Or, or, <laughs> and so, it, so it'll have geo-tracking and then, you know, geolocator notifications. And then, you know, the really big stuff is including, like, translator apps, which is already out there. This technology oh, yeah. already exists. Wow. It's, it's putting all these pieces into place, uh-huh. putting it on a platform and saying, okay, Go for it. You know, you, you know, this is what you want to do, and um, and this is this is the kind of trip you want to have. Here's all the information you need, which is important. It's basically like the the kind of phrase we're using is it's the freedom of a guidebook and the knowledge of a tour guide, personalized to you, right in your pocket. Huh. I mean, that's the that's the idea. And for those of us who are older, it's like the old triple A trip trip book, <laughs> exactly right. in, in an electronic is. version. Yes, that and modifies itself wherever you go. Exactly, that can translate though. It can translate. It can, that can translate. It will. That's, that's, that's important. That's that's, that's going to be translations big. is good. So I, you know, I look at um, what you've done. You're you're a, a local guy. You're, and this is another re- reason we like to highlight St. Louis things on the show and. A lot of wonderful uh, uh, activities that and businesses that come out of uh, St. Louis. Recently, you were evaluating other people's. You were they were pitching you products. You and several other people. I just kind of caught a brief glimpse of this. Uh, oh, at um, I ten. Yes. Yeah. So I'm actually going through a fundraise right now. Um, so as part of this platform upgrade, for the first time, I'm seeking outside investment. I've bootstrapped the business my, myself entirely the last you know five years, and I've gotten to a point where I'm starting to see the market really evolve. Someone's going to do this. So mm-hmm. we want to be the first to market, to be the, the personal travel guide, the personal platform for the independent traveler. Um, so yes, I was at, it's called I-10. Mm-hmm. It's a great community in uh, downtown, it's at T-Rex, and it's for tech startups. And um, they come, they do, it's called One Million, One Million Cups. I haven't asked why they call it that yet. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But they just, you come and pitch. So the pitch I heard last week was... It was a non-for-profit that helps the um, the child care. It's something to do with an app with the child care system and um, housing, uh, you know, taking, taking. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? I, I, I can't. Uh, foster, too, foster parent. Okay, oh my gosh. I was going to say, you're too young to be losing your memory. No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, when you're doing a million things at once, that's yeah, what that's happens. Um, so, no, right. foster parents. And basically, it's an app that communicates between the, the you know, government organizations and the foster care parents because... You know, and I, I knew this. I just didn't know the extent of the problem. There's a huge foster care overload, right? There's not enough uh, people to service all these families. needs. Yes, exactly. But a big problem with the funnel is the communication. Right. So anyway, it's an app that seamlessly puts all the pieces together so cool. that, uh, they can all access it and then also have the child have the input. So you really know if, hey, if they're in the hands of someone that, you know, is, is right for the job. 
So it's cool stuff like that. Yeah. So I'll be pitching here in a couple of weeks. They, they want you to go to a few pitches and kind of learn the ropes and then uh-huh. do it yourself. Oh, that's neat. Yeah. So when you're over in Europe, you're thinking about this and you had gotten all your plans together. I'm kind of taking apart your little bio there. And you see that, wow, I, I see other people struggling with this. And then I would have loved to have uh, talked to you prior to our trip to France this summer. You know, because we were doing the Airbnbs and we were, you know, going and looking up on the websites and, you know, scheduling reservations and things like that. And right. So, uh, you know, car rental, et cetera, you know, make sure you drive on the correct side of the road and, you know, the train and all that. <laughs> How did, 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 did this all kind of come together in your brain as you're kind of going through Europe and you're like, well, you know, I could do that, I could do that, and this needs to be put together. And is that what? What is the mental process of that? You know, it, there was an epiphany in Rome, actually. <clears throat> so I'm fortunate. <laughs> I'm able to go Sorry. back. Yeah, it's a good place to have an epiphany. I know. Right? I was just <laughs> so, yeah. Perfect. If you're gonna have an epiphany. Have, might as well be in Rome. Might as well be. Um, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> so. I was in Rome, and again, I'm fortunate. I've been back to Rome six times, so wow. I, I'm able to go back to these places, and that was, I think this was my second time there. Um, and so I'm in Rome. I'm talking to a couple from the U.S. I can't remember which state they were from. They were a younger couple. I mean, I was in my mid-20s, so they were probably a little older, maybe late 20s, early 30s, and um, they hated it. And I, I got to say, really? I'm going to say this, if you hate Rome, you did it wrong. I got to say, it doesn't matter what you're interested in. Rome has so much beauty and culture and knowledge and history. And did I say beauty? I don't know if yes, I said that or not. Um, so I started asking questions. What did you do? What do you like to do? What did you do wrong? What happened? <laughs> yeah. Right? Where did you eat? It, was, it became very apparent <laughs> to me that we still live in the world of mass tourism. Hmm. We still live in the 19... 19- post-World War II, 1950s, mass tourism, which it, it, back then that's had the way, it, that's the only way you could use these markets is you had to build infrastructure and, and the flight plans and the itineraries and all that. But now in this day and age, we have more capabilities, but we still live in this idea of mass tourism, which is like Rick Steves, love the guy, but mm-hmm. here's here's a book. Right. I'm going to print millions of them. And I hope you get some good information from it. And if you don't, well, okay, have fun. So I... It's not customized. So two, a couple things really came out to me. The, the information, what they did and what they liked to do were not the same thing. They did the Vatican and the Colosseum and the Pantheon and the Trevi Fountain and the Spanish Steps. Okay, I love those things. Mm-hmm. Um, they typically on vacation have more of a food and wine type of experience. And the, the history, w- one was interested in certain types of history. One was interested in others. Um, one didn't really like ruins. So there were some certain things, but they did the things because that's what you do in Rome. Right. Here's 10 things you got to do. Now, I will say, yes, okay, the Vatican is probably one thing you should do. Um, but other than that, even the Colosseum, and I'm an ancient history major, hmm. it's not necessary if you really don't have a passion for seeing that piece of history. Mm-hmm. If, you're, if you want just the cultural experience, Better go to the Appian Way. There's history there. There's mm-hmm. ruins all over there, and you get the wine and the food and the and the right. people and the actual Italians. Um, or go to the Borghese Gallery, right? Or which is history, but then it has a beautiful garden, the Bo- Borghese Gardens. Mm. Um, so it became apparent to me that the customization wasn't there. The the need for getting the right information to what they wanted, and then getting them the, like the little snippets of, okay, here's the tour you should do to the Vatican. Here's where you should go at sunset to see the domes of Rome. Here's where you should 
get away from like if you want to shop cool uh, piazza navona is a great place to get some some knickknacks but if you want like the market cross the street go through some little alleyway and get to campo dei fiori now people that have been to rome probably know campo dei fiori but if you've never been to rome it's it's easy to just get too focused on the the piazza navonas the pantheons the Colosseums, right the, right. the really stuff. really touristy areas and the cool thing about Rome is this local stuff really hides behind every corner. Mm. And I hate to say it, but it's just true. Um, Europeans, especially Southern Europeans, they have different markets. They have different restaurants. They have different prices for tourists and for right. uh, for locals. They do. And again, I've been fortunate. I go back and I start to pick up on this, you know. And then so you add into that some phrases, uh, you know, como te chiami, you know, uh, you know, how are you doing? Uh Bobene, and it's like just basic things, and you know how how was it? Oh, you know it was uh, molto buono. You don't need to speak Italian, but it, when people ask you things and you have one or two quips to say, it just changes the whole dynamic of your experience. Right. right. You know. So how do you, you know, do you have a network of people that you? I'm not trying to give your stuff away, and you don't have to give it away. I'm just trying to find how do you find out all the tours of the Vatican. You know, do you look them up on Google? Okay, now they have there's there's like 25 right. tours at the Vatican, and do you research each one of them to find out what they do, what they don't do, which is more expensive? Okay, that one you don't want to do. You want to do these? How, how do you? What's the process that you go through? Yeah, so I'll answer that in twofold. Uh, if it has to do with tours, so you, you've asked the Vatican specifically, so that is a specific ask. We just partner with a company called Viator. So the great thing about what we do is the vetting's already been done. Hmm. You just need to know where to go get it. That's for the tours, okay? So Viator, I've gone on so many Viator tours, and these are what I call, so people are kind of confused. What's a guided tour? There's guided tours and escorted tours. An escorted tour is you're with someone the whole time, taking you from each city to each place. Just a local guided tour, like a Vatican, it's just on site, right? Mm -hmm. So that's what we provide in addition to all the other stuff. So here's the key thing. 80% of what you're going to want to do in any city in Europe, you can do on your own. It's free or it has a small admission. 80% is actually generous, probably more like 90%. Wow. Um, the Vatican is the main one in Rome, but mm-hmm. the Colosseum is nice to have a guided tour. So most of what you want to do, churches, cathedrals, rooftop bars, etc., museums, um, you, you just need to know where it is, how to get there, and is it worth seeing. Mm-hmm. So for the guided tours, we use Viator to, to vet these tours. And they're all, you know, they have ratings, reviews, and, and so this is the key thing. I'm not telling you what is best for you. I'm saying these are high-quality tours, right. and you, you make the, the choice. Right. So that's for the tours. And then the other stuff, we actually have a whole team of writers that uh, collect and curate content. And again, I've just been doing this for years, so I know where to get the information. And then I also have these content writers that are sort of local specialists. Mm-hmm. Um, so like we have one that does Eastern Europe all the time. We have one that does Western Europe. And then I have my own personal experience. Um, so it's a combination of personal experience and just knowing where to get the information. I would say 20 years ago, maybe even 10 years ago, this business wouldn't have been possible. But nowadays with, with information overload, right. the problem isn't information, it's distilling it down. That's correct. Right? And saying, okay, but here's the thing, distilling it down and in a workable tool that knows you and knows how to navigate. Like one of our features is this map. It sucks to go to a place and be two feet or two, two, 20 feet, 200 feet, half a mile, but close to some amazing experience, mm-hmm. and, and you just know. had no idea what it was there. And you miss them. And you miss yeah. it. And then, so this is what happens a lot. Right. You, you realize it when you get home to the hotel. Right? Yeah, you, I was, we were that close to that. Yeah. And Why did like, we go to that? We gotta okay, go we got to go back. Yeah. What did you just do? Right. Wasted time. Oh, yeah. Hours. 
hours of it. The average traveler wastes two hours each day on their trip. Well, about an hour in the morning, an hour at night, and related to figuring out what they're going to see and do. Mm-hmm. Ten day trip, twenty hours. That's more than a waking day. That's really oh, two yeah. full days of sightseeing. Right. Out the window. It's amazing. Gone. Now, yeah. How, how about food places, restaurants? You know, we like the off off the beaten path oh, where yeah. mom yeah. and pop are, you know, putting the spaghetti together, not even spaghetti, putting the pasta together over there or, right. you know, no, wherever it is. Yeah. Rather than the, you know, canned restaurants, or which are going to be nice too, but you get a lot of really good food and flavors just from the locals. That's true. So again, all most of that information, if, if it has a, an address, it's out there. TripAdvisor is horrible for this and Yelp is the same way. There's 5,000 restaurants in Rome alone. Those little places you're talking about, that's number 2,152, okay? It's there, but you're never going to find it. So what we do is we're able to distill it down and and figure out the best stuff. And again, a lot of this is personal experience, Mm -hmm. but the other stuff too, and this is a little bit of a secret sauce, but not really. We have relationships with the local tourism boards. So you could do it, but most of what they have is raw data. So it just takes, it's, it's the same problem with the guidebook. It takes hours and hours and hours to read, but there's a lot of good stuff there. Um, so we have direct relationships with these tourism boards. We have these content writers, and then we just really know how to distill it all down to get to, get to those local gyms. Because again, Yelp has, has the McDonald's and has right. all the other stuff, but even not McDonald's. It has the, the major restaurants next to Trevi Fountain. And here's the thing people don't really think about. Why is that restaurant next to Trevi Fountain number two or three or four on Yelp or TripAdvisor? Because it's close right. to a major attraction. Right. Does that mean it's, even if it's a five star, everybody had a great time? Sure, it's, it's good. How overpriced is it though? Right. How local is it? How authentic is it really? It was great. It's hard to have bad food in Rome. Right. And so this is the, the, the challenge is, unless you have a really bad experience, people don't know what's possible. Mm-hmm. So what my job is trying to do with Geister is showing people what's possible. People think that I'm unique. Um, I think we're all unique, but I'm really not. I just have, I just have, you know, the will. I have cojones. I, you know, it's, it's, excuse my, pardon my, no, my you, you, Mexican you've, you've seen the, <laughs> the, uh, the overall picture. Right. You've seen a problem and you've offered a solution. You know, that's, that's, that's the thing that I see. You know, you want to streamline things. To waste 20 hours on a two-week trip, oh, my gosh. That's terrible. And, and again, it, it goes back to knowledge and will because people just aren't willing to get out of comfort zones out of safety concerns a lot of times, which I get. And so that was part of this idea was, okay, it's out there. You just need – people are willing to do more if they have the knowledge. Mm-hmm. That's, mm-hmm. that's basically what I'm trying to say. I do things without – you know, I'm not going to say fully thinking it through, but with the, I don't know. I have to know everything to, to leap into that. Right. And usually it works out. Most people don't want to have that sort of negative experience, so they just don't do it. But if they had a guidebook that said, hey, this is a very safe part of Rome. It might not look like it, but it's very safe. And here's why it's worth going to. They would do it. Sure. Yeah. More people would do it. Sure they would. You know, and, and that's one of the things I that you list here. You know, travel like a local. There's attractions there's dining, there's shopping, custom labeled maps, nightlife and entertainment, transportation and safety tips. Yep. You know, when yeah. I when I hear and and see in Paris and important cultural information, when I hear and read that yesterday in Paris there was a riot, you know, and big 
you know, upheaval. The Eiffel Tower was closed, you know, and you, you can't do anything about that. But you do know that there are issues going on around the, the world. Yes. And, you know, you got your finger on the pulse of what those things are. Here's a place to, that you, you should be safe. You shouldn't go over here, you know, right. those kinds of things. Um, well, as part of this technology upgrade, one of the things I want to integrate is like a travel alert. So mm-hmm. there's a program called the Smart Travel Traveler Enrollment Program with the State Department. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, yeah. So it's good. If anybody's traveling, you should go to that uh, uh, Smart, I think it's called. And you enter your email, let them know where you're going, and they will I, they will notify you if anything's going on. Like that, those protests, they would have said, hey, you know, be careful, be on alert. Mm-hmm. So it's it's out there. You just, again, integrate it, right? Right. So, but what we have now is still very valuable. So what we would say is, because yes, Paris, this is not new. This has been going on for the last couple of years. Our information is continually updated. Right now, it's not second to second. It will be. But right now, it's it's months mm-hmm. up to date, if not weeks. And so it'll say, here's the public transportation. Here's what you need to be aware of. You know, like one of the things where there are frequent closures due to protests and riot. Mm-hmm. Here are some alternatives. Taxi, Uber, et cetera. Right. So it would give you that preparation. If someone's, re- ooh, okay. And then you you might think, okay, I, now I have this alternative. Or you might reconsider taking the public transit altogether. Right. Which might not be a bad idea. Yeah, walk. Uh, walk, yeah. So Paris is definitely a very walkable city. Yes, it um, is. It, it is not that big, actually. You can walk from one side to the other an hour and a half. Yeah. Um, I did it just a few months ago. Huh. And... Um, yeah. So, yeah, so stuff like that, how to use the public transit, how to be safe, you know, and then uh, again, I hate to say it, but there are parts of Paris you shouldn't go. You shouldn't go to North Paris, North, like Saint-Denis. So the the terrible shootings they had um, a couple years ago, which in the, tra- in the travel industry, it's a delicate balance between making travelers aware and right. not scaring them. Right. Okay. I definitely am more on the uh, be knowledgeable, but let's be realistic. Anything can happen anywhere. You shouldn't let these exactly. things scare you. But again, the, the parachutings were a horrible tragedy. All of those shooters came from one area hmm. of, of Paris. And so, again, that's the only part you should really avoid. And with all the other things to see in Paris, do you need to go to that specific area to eat? Or do you need to no. shop there? Or no, no. Is there something there I need to see? It's more of a, you, it no. could, you could just accidentally, because um, the Sacre Coeur, the Sacred mm-hmm. Heart Church, the right. beautiful in Montmartre up there, right. that's north. You could just right. continue on. You're on the train. You're on a, you know, so it's 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 more of like this is, could be an accident sort of thing. That makes sense. London's the same way. Um, I, I, I think London is a little safer, actually. I prefer London over Paris. But East London, there are certainly places in East London that um, you should be aware of, you know. So anyway, yeah, there it, it is a combination of I want to inspire people to travel, but I want you to be safe. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. We've been talking to Jack Bauman, who's founder and CEO of Guidester. He's also an author. He blogs on his website, which is guidester.com. That's G-U-I-D-E-S-T-E-R.com. And you can build your own guide on there uh, to tell you how it works. And they also talk about price. And we can talk about price after the, the break. Yeah. I also want to investigate why archaeology. You know, I know you have a degree in history right, uh, from University of Missouri-Columbia. Is that yeah. right? Yes. Uh, a, a bachelor's, and I have a master's from Cardiff University in Wales. Right. Yeah. yeah. So this is like the historical guy here. I love it. it, was, in, it was Indiana it, Jones. Was it American history or was it world history? <laughs> European history. Ancient, so, okay, my master's is, you ready for this? I'm ready. A master's degree in ancient, Green, ancient Greek and Roman archaeology with an emphasis on a uh, my, my uh, thesis was the 
effect of Hellenism uh, in the second century BC, uh, specifically related to the House of the Fawn in Pompeii. Wow. Like that was, I forgot the actual title, but my title was about a two <laughs> sentence title, and uh, you know it's a hundred pages, and, right. and it's. But I got to go to Pompeii and I got to dig, and there you go. Um, yeah, so it, it. But you know what? All of that related to what I'm doing with Guidester. Historical right. context, whether you like, hate, love, whatever, doesn't matter. And I'm, I believe if you hate history, you didn't have the right teacher. That's, That's just correct. my opinion. We talked, uh, yeah. That's yeah, correct. But, but because, listen, history is not dates and names. It's a collection of stories right. that tells us where we are and what we're doing. Right? right. So it's, um, yeah. So it actually makes total sense. Now, I haven't used the degree directly, but I think it makes sense into what I'm doing. Well, it gets you to a point where you can observe different things and... And use that knowledge and what you've done along the way in preparation for that, you uh, know, your, your, your thesis. Yep, exactly. To apply in a different area. I'm sure those skill set that you learned and the disciplines that you learned are you're really using them now for what you're doing. Research, absolutely. Yeah, it takes some discipline to to yeah sit down and read microfil- microfilms of of the Gallic Wars, Julius Caesar's Gallic Wars in Latin. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're we're going to talk about some different kind of wars after the break. This is Arnold Stricker with Mark Langston of Intune. You're listening to KWRH 92.9 FM, your community radio station in Webster Groves, Missouri. Welcome back to Intune. This is Arnold Stricker with Mark Langston. We've been talking to Jack Bauman, who is the founder and CEO of Guidester. He also writes and blogs for his own website. Yep. Thank you for having me again. Hey, we were talking off air about the epiphany moments <laughs> in Rome. <laughs> and the uh, you, you mentioned a couple epiphany moments that I wanted to go back to. One was with the couple that you met there, and then there was another one. Right. Um, so yes, I was talking about the couple, and the epiphany I had was, if they had had a custom travel guide that was personalized to their interests, that gave them the tips that they didn't know, and gave them the recommendations based on what they would want, they would have done some touristy stuff, but they would have spent a lot more time doing things like going down to the Appian Way, or going up to the Borghese Gardens, or you can even horseback in Rome, a lot of horseback ride a lot of people don't know that how cool would that be doing down the cobblestone streets um so being able to just give them that information up front here it is and here's what you need to know it would have i really believe it would have negated a lot of the problems that they told me which was waiting in lines it's hot it's crowded etc would have negated that and wouldn't give them experiences that was more related to what they actually do on vacation typically Mm -hmm. so i think the result of of that couple if they had had a guidester guide would have been better experience time back, you know, more time, and, and they probably would have saved some money, too. You know, because an individual's time is money. It is. In, whether you're planning it or you're making the engagements to uh, reserve things or all of that time you spend researching, but then you have to come out with some kind of product. Because right. if you spend all that, if I spend like a couple hours researching something about where I want to eat— and then I come back with, well, you know, let's just use this. I've just wasted two hours. Right. So there's the time before, which is hard to quantify. I think it's very valuable, but you can quantify the time during. Right. Uh, my math isn't the best, but what, eight-day trip, $5,000 each day is about $600, dollars mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Two hours a day on an eight-day trip, 16 hours. Okay, that's a full day gone. So I've just quantified... Two hours, two hours a day doesn't sound like that. An hour in the morning, an hour at night doesn't sound like that much. Mm-hmm. Add it up, 16 hours, you've just wasted over $600 actual cash gone. And 
you didn't have the experience that you really, really wanted. Yeah, and we talked uh, on break about standing in line outside uh, the Eiffel Tower in Paris and knowing, oh, gee, we need to buy our tickets ahead of time so we don't have to stand in the two-hour line or however long. We got there, and it was like, are you got to be kidding me. And we just went right up to the front of the line and because we had the pre-tickets and yep, exactly. we weren't standing in line wasting our money, mm-hmm. you know, coming over from the States to visit this wonderful city and go up in this wonderful monument and standing outside just looking up at it, right. which a lot of people were doing. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's exactly right. And so it, it they institute things like this a lot. And Europe is great because, you know, it's been there forever. People think it doesn't change. It actually does change. And it usually changes with rules like that. You have to book tickets. The Coliseum has done the way they've done it for years. Just starting in 2019, September of 2019, you now have to reserve your time in addition to the ticket. Wow. So if you don't, there's only a certain amount of time slots. You don't do it. Normally, you could have just showed up just like people do at the Eiffel Tower, Mm -hmm. bought your ticket and waited in line or come back when the line was shorter. But you had your ticket for the day. Mm -hmm. Come back anytime you want. Can't do that anymore. It has to be, if you don't show up at 2 p.m., you're not getting in. And, and so you actually have to designate on the website now what time you want. So it's all those little things. Like you said, you went to the, to the Eiffel Tower and you walked right in. And that was one tip of one attraction, right? How many things like that do you think there are in Europe especially? I, in, in my experience and opinion, uh, there's at least 50% of the things you could see require some additional piece of information. Now, we've just talked about... France and Italy, but you also have Spain and Germany and England. All of Europe. All 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 of of Europe, Europe. yeah. So I've been to most countries in Europe, all all of Western Europe, several in Eastern Europe. Um, uh, The Baltics is like really the only area I haven't been. But I personally, I've been almost everywhere in Europe, um, many places, several times. And then we have those specialists. Um, So like the, the, the weak points personally that I have, for example, for the Baltics and the Eastern Europe, we have those writing content specialists. And a lot of times these are bloggers and travelers themselves, which Mm -hmm. is great. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, they're out there doing it. And so they're just giving us all this content. We're paying them and they get to live the lifestyle they want. They get to travel and we get to get this great content. And it's a win, win, win. How can I become a professional traveler? (laughs) (laughs) That sound great. Wow. That'd be wonderful. So there's, you don't have to be one of those couch surfers either. Uh, No, well, you you do do for a while. That's, that's the start a travel show. There you go. (laughs) Yeah. You need to travel, travel segment there right. you go webster groves community travel there it is we think about that yeah. one think about that so how this works again folks is you go online to guidester.com you tell guidester about you and your trip you answer some questions about interest food preferences etc where you like to go they create a guidebook they combine real travel professionals with the latest tech to get you a personal travel guide it comes with confidence custom travel guide with unbiased recommendations digital maps reservation capabilities and more and what's this all cost jack ten dollars per travel day you can do one day two days ten days and it doesn't go up based on the amount of places you visit so the most common thing is or the most common guide you know an average eight-day guide three cities your venice florence and rome Everything you could ever want for the entire trip for 80 bucks. And that's, that's covering every place. So, and the cool thing is, too, cruises. I get this a lot, too. Hey, we're doing a Mediterranean cruise, and we're in you know, Rome for a day. 10 bucks, and, and it's great because the question I get a lot, if it's already on your mind, is, well, okay, so are they getting all of Rome? Is No, the reason it's per day is 
We're distilling it down to show you based on what you told us and what you want to do and your needs and interests, this is what you should see. So if you're in Rome a day, you're not going to get 50 things. Right. So, so the more content, the more uh, experiences you want, the, the, the more you know, days you're going you're gonna to get. So $10 per travel day. Now, if, let's, let's take St. Louis because I don't know the suburbs of Rome. But <laughs> if I wanted to, say I wanted to visit Webster Groves mm-hmm. and I said, I'm, I'm going to Webster Groves, that's all I want. Can you isolate it to a specific area of Rome or Paris or London or, you know, say I'm in this, you know, I just want to be down by Big Ben or I want to be, you know, I'm trying to remember my history here, you know, I want to be by the, the gates of, uh, what are the gates, the Luxembourg gates? No, um, the Brandenburg gates. Brandenburg I'll, gates I'll be yeah. by a, around the Brandenburg gates. You know, <laughs> can you isolate things that tightly or? Tightly so tightly. with the product that we have now, you, what you get is based on the top sites. So this is another reason why we love doing Europe. Europe is built differently than the United States. Absolutely. Why would you go to the suburbs of London? The you answer wouldn't. is you wouldn't. No. Like, that's the truth. You wouldn't. Uh, now, this is part of the thing on the form is day trips. What you would do um, is, so Paris is a great example. What's within a short distance of Paris? Versailles and other little villages and towns that are great we're seeing. So that's how we do it, is say, if you click day trips and you have the time, we're going to give you the top day trips within a couple hour radius. Gotcha. Okay, so that's how that works. Champagne. Yes. Yeah, there you go. Here's, yeah, you know, but you know, even huh. stuff like that, there's a village, I can't remember the name of it, but there really is, there's a lot of different ways to do things. And, and so Champagne, yeah, that area is nice, but you can do better. Yeah. You can do better. Um, so anyway, yeah, so, but the platform upgrade will have exactly that. It'll have geolocators oh. and it'll prompt the experience. And that's why we're looking for funding. The geolocation services out there are so refined now for, uh, you know, private use that you can do anything you want. We have a professional software developer already on board. He's already started the work and what we can do with it is unbelievable. Track your location. And again, it's all going to be private and you can turn it on or off just like your phone. So it'll do nothing different that way. But it'll do exactly that. You're in a new area, or you're, let's go back to London, Southwark, uh, which is south of, do you know Southwark? No. The oldest cathedral in London, I believe, is Southwark. Okay. It's, a, it's one of my favorite areas of London. It's <laughs> South London, and it's, uh, it's in an area called Borough Market, or the Southwark is in the area, and Borough Market's there. If you found yourself there, this is one of those places of London where there's pubs and there's little, the, the church, the cathedral's kind of hidden over there, mm-hmm. and it's kind of cool, right? The, all these little uh, alleyways, it's really my favorite part of London, M- the market there, and if you had this new upgraded platform, it would know you're there, and, and it would say, hey, you're in a new area, these are some things you need to check out, right? So it would, it would follow you along the journey. Wow. Uh, artificial intelligence. That's yeah. exactly right. Artificial intelligence. Oh, yeah. Now, is this an app? It will be. So okay. it, right now, it, it's basically an EPUB format. So it's like downloading a Kindle book. Okay. So you go to the website, you fill out the form, and then you get a guide within 48 hours because we build it manually. Mm-hmm. And you get an email saying your guide is ready, and it downloads right to your phone. And it uses, on your iPhone, it uses the iBooks app. On Android, it uses uh, Google Playbook. So it uses your eBook reader. Moving oh. forward, it will be in its own app and a web app because some people just don't want to download apps. Right. And there's, yeah. apps have certain benefits and drawbacks. Mm-hmm. So we're going to have both. So how it'll work moving forward. And now it's a manual process. With the platform upgrade, it'll be instantaneous. Yeah. It, you'll get an email saying, your guide is ready, log in, and you'll log into the web app and you'll have your your whole guide right there. Yeah, that's that's really slick. <laughs> so where is a place that Jack has not been that he wants to go? Ooh. Yeah. In Europe or outside of Europe? Well, let's do both. Let's do let's both. Do Europe okay, first. sure. Ooh. Um, I, I like these. Have, now, I'm just going to throw you a curve here. Have you been to Lichtenstein? 
Liechtenstein or Luxembourg? No, I've been, I've been, I've down, <laughs> danced around it. I mean, all around it. What you know, Eastern France, Western Germany, uh, you know, Northern Europe. I've danced all over it, but haven't been through it. Okay, because uh, I was just in Switzerland recently, and and Western Germany right too. There. And I was like, man, I should go to Luxembourg and Liechtenstein. Yeah. Um, I really want to go to um, um, San Marino in Italy, okay. which is technically its own country. Have you heard of this place? It's not no. that well known. San Marino is technically its own country, like the Vatican. It's like a city state. Wow, really? And um, it's like a walled city. It's it's beautiful beyond belief. And again, it's one of the, why haven't you ever heard of it? It's because it's just not in the mold of the mainstream. It's kind of off the beaten path. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's northern, kind of northeast, and it's just not. You know, it's not a Venice, Florence, or Rome, or Tuscany, right? So. Yeah, San Marino. Um, other than that, the Baltics. That's where I, I have yeah. to get to, like uh-huh. Latvia, you know, Estonia. Mm-hmm. I, I have not done that yet, so that's really top of my list. And then outside of Europe, I would say Thailand or Australia. That's it's a hard thing. I really want to do the Great Barrier Reef before mm-hmm. it's bleached, you right. know, to death. Right. Um, but I, yeah, I Thailand has this kind of fascination, and everybody you talk to is it's just it's like this other world. Um, so this is actually a great question, and to, to a point that I want to make, the reason, one of the reasons we're making this transition to Europe is when you're going to a place like Thailand or China or the Philippines or even Australia, if you're going to the Outback, you need more of a guided tour. You need more of the person on the ground holding your hand mm-hmm. and saying, hey, don't step into that basket of vipers over there right. because the culture is so different. The infrastructure is so different. It's not just driving on the left side of the road. Right. It's so different to the point that our tool really isn't as effective. Here's the key for all your listeners. Our tool is perfect for independent travelers, which is most people. If you're going to Europe and you're not with, you know, Fernando 24 hours a day, you're an independent traveler. Right. But when you're going to, like I said, these guided tours, or you're going to like uh, uh, Thailand, I will probably fly into Bangkok and do that on my own. But when I go to the islands and I go to the villages, I'm going to do a lot of guided tours. Mm-hmm. I'm going to I'm going to be with cuz I'm going to do it on my own, right. right? And I'm a I'm a smaller, you know, Caucasian American, so I yep. stick out. I want to be with the local guy. Right. You know. So that's when it really dawned on me is is why are we doing so much in Europe and why are we not doing more of other places and it really just the it's the dynamic is different. That makes sense. Yeah. That yeah, makes it, perfect sense. Yeah, and once it once it dawned on me, I think, really gosh, does. why didn't I think of this 5 years ago when I started the company? So here's here's another uh Slider question. Okay. And that's not a curveball, um, not a spitball question either. <laughs> what What are two of the most important hidden gems that you never really knew about that on your travels you were like, wow, that gave you the wow factor, even with your archaeological master's degree? Because you really know about a lot of different things if you've studied archaeology. Oh, yeah. I'll give you a couple different answers. Uh, as far as like destination, Portugal really wowed me. Hmm. Um, didn't know a ton about it other than, you know, it's Portugal, it's Europe, it's Western Europe. They had kings and queens and et cetera. It really is a unique place in Europe. Um, the food, the people, very different. Portuguese and Spanish are very, very different. Mm-hmm. Um, I really, and they, they, they get this. Portugal is a small country and it's like the hip of Spain. Mm-hmm. People think Portugal is a, is a part of Spain. They think it's a province of Spain. They get it all the time, mostly from Americans. Really? Yeah, I know. I thought they I th- haven't done their uh, geography I, lessons. Uh, no. no. Oh, geography. Don't get me started. Americans get a bad rap, and for good reason. <laughs> We're not the best. Uh, but I knew, obviously, that it, 
people that are educated to a you know a higher degree at least know okay it's stone country but i was still ignorant i didn't know a lot it is a totally different language spanish is much closer to italian than it is portuguese people think oh you can segue no um and the coast the largest waves in the world are in portugal did, Seriously? You, did you know this Never i did that. that no I thought it would be Hawaii or yeah, something. Sure. Yeah. So I, I, someone told me that, and and I looked it up. I go, oh my god! So you see, you've seen this picture of the giant wave sure. and the little bitty. That's Portugal. Wow. It's Portugal. Yeah. So I was there in October, which was not the high season, but even in like the lower season, I went to the coast and it was like giant waves. Cool. So, so then that the history, they have a lot of weird cultural norms the people are so that i was in southern spain i went to portugal i may be part of this um but the the, the cultural experiences going back to your question the, the the combination of the food like francesina it's layers of cheese and meat oh it sounds good so you you hear about all these you hear about spanish cuisine yeah. italian cuisine i was ready for a lot of things but i was just not ready for portugal the food the people the people were hilarious the, the southern spaniards can be a little there can be a brow there, you uh-huh. know, um, and they they see a lot of tourists too, so I get right. it. But the food, the people, the coast. I rented a moped, and I was going through these little villages. They don't have any full time firefighters, none, zero. It's oh. all voluntary. Wow. And so this is actually that you remember a few years ago there was a lot of huge forest fires in Portugal. They were, it made headlines in Portugal, um, and I was there during that. I was oh, driving wow. down the road, and I saw in the middle of the road a car is just on fire. Just on fire, and and, and 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 you know, middle of the day, uh, friends, family, people are coming down the road. And this is a tiny little village, and I'm with my my mate, and you know, we're on this moped, and there's a car on fire, and people are just looking, talking, chatting with their neighbors. No firefighter, and it was such a small road that I didn't want to pass it because right. I, I didn't want to explode. Oh that actually happens. It was so it was a one lane road with a car on fire, so I just stayed there. At Thirty minutes go by, I parked the moped, and we just. We were kind of mesmerized, like, yeah. okay, so here's a village, there's a car on fire. Just When I say on fire, it was blazing. There were oh, actually, man. there was three cars there, and within about 15 minutes, the second car had caught on fire. No. Oh, my. Oh, my. I, I, and this is, <laughs> they weren't phased in the slightest. They didn't run out with buckets from oh, the my, houses? They like, were, no, some of them were kind of laughing, like, oh, you know, Jane left her uh, left her heater on again, or whatever, I don't know. <laughs> Finally, the fire department came after like 45 minutes, and, and I started talking to people after this, and they were like, yeah, it's, 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 it's a volunteer firefighter force. And this is, so one funny thing I found out, and again, this is hearsay, but I do like to, to relay hearsay when it comes to travel, because it's all good fun, right? That's one of the reasons Portugal has so many forest fires, because hey, hey mom, hey dad, you need some work this month? Oh, Let's go set some fires. Seriously. <laughs> wow. Why not? Right, I believe that people do a way worse, crazier things than that. Oh my yes. So that that was yeah. definitely something that did not, uh, I did not expect. Um, was that your question? Was the was yeah. it was it hidden experience gems. hidden gems? Yeah. yeah. So Portugal is kind of j- just generally speaking hidden gem. Um, also with with, I'm trying to think of like a big city where I was really thrown. Oh, I would say Bern. Bern is in and of itself a hidden gem. Hmm. It's a capital of Europe, but it's small and it's unknown to most people. If you ask 10 people on the street, what's the capital of Switzerland? I don't think anybody, they'd probably say Geneva or Zurich maybe, if they even... Yeah, probably Zurich. Yeah. 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 Um, Zurich, I would say. Bern, the, the old town of Bern is such a gem, it really blew me away. The, the streets, it has the longest covered arcade in the world, two miles of covered arcade. Wow. Covered arcades, you know, are those like little shops yeah. with the covered arcade. It's, it's like medieval from medieval streets. The, the, the first indoor mall. 
No, it really, <laughs> and they have these underground little things too. Well, because Switzerland wasn't bombed at all, right? Really, at hardly World War II, right? True. So their cities are totally intact, yeah. especially in the in the interior, which is Bern is completely protected by the Alps. Wow. Um, so yeah, it, it it just blew me away, and That's I true. I went back again. So I've been twice. My friend lives there. So I have a German friend working for the Swiss Post, making a hundred thousand Swiss franc a year on their. He just lives. They have such a. The Swiss have their bartenders make a hundred grand a year. You know. Oh, seriously. It's now the cost of living isn't cheap, but oh my gosh, talk about a quality of life. Yeah. So it's it's built into the into the, it's not quite the Alps. The nearest mountain's called Goethe, and it's built into the nature. So there's a river. I can't Aaron, I a horrible pronunciation in Swiss German, but there's a river. It's built on a limestone outcrop, mm. built into this. Again, not mountains, but whatever is less than more than hills, less than mountains, whatever that is. And it's so the natural scene is there. It's beautiful. In the summertime, it gets 70s and 80s. So you go to the river, everybody's outside. Add into that the history. This is where also where Einstein lived. The largest oh. Einstein museum in the world is no in Bern. No kidding. Really? Yeah. Einstein lived there for years. Yeah. Never so never. it's the Natural History Einstein Museum. There's three museums in one. I spent the whole day oh, yeah. at this one museum. And it's like, it's not cheap. It's like 20, 30, you know, uh, Swiss franc. But it is worth every penny because you get the Einstein, you get the History Museum, and you get the, I think, the Archaeological Museum all in one. Wow. So Bern is, you know, if you want a local gym, if you want really authentic and beautiful and great cuisine, and they have, obviously, the food, yeah. the, the uh, you know, the raclette and the, and the fondue. Raclette. You ever heard of raclette? Yeah. Oh, you have? Yeah. I hadn't. Because I, no. I hear, so no. I, it's always fondue, right? You know what right. fondue? Yeah. What Swiss right. is fondue and chocolate. They eat raclette more than they do fondue. Raclette is, it's melted cheese, but it's prepared. They slice it off a big slab. Yeah. It is so, because fondue is nice, but it's, yeah. it's okay. It's like, yeah. oh, not, nothing. No, right. this this really gets you excited. Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. you get the real deal there. So you've you, have you been to Switzerland? No. Okay. No. You just know what it is. I just know You're what a foodie. It is. Yeah. yeah. So go to Bern. I'll tell you the place to go. Okay. This is the spot. Hey, Folks, we've been talking to Jack Bauman from Guidester, guidester.com. Can we go another hour with him? Yeah, yeah, we, we could. He, he's founder and CEO of one of the most innovative, and I don't use that word very often oh, well, because it you. gets over, overused many, many times, but travel planning. And if you need to travel, if you're going to be doing some traveling out of the country, specifically Europe, you need to go to guidester.com oh, and yeah. check out what is going on there and for $10 a day, I don't see how you can go wrong. Uh-oh. Absolutely. I don't see how you can go wrong. I agree. Thank you. Jack, thanks for coming on Intune today. Yeah. I appreciate it very much. This was this was great.